Hi everyone, you are tuning in to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by Safer Aircraft. I'm Angie Cahyaning Tias, and for the COP26 special, we are going to have a series of interviews with Safer Aircraft experts. And on the first episode, I have here with me Robert Nasi, Director General of C4 and also Managing Director of C4 Aircraft to set the scene. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you for your time. Now let's discuss what is going to happen in Glasgow. My first question is, what are the major topics that needs to be discussed at COP26 and why are they important? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I mean there, there are very important topics uh, that, that have to be discussed. Will they be discussed is, is a bit of a different question, but uh, one is going certainly to be discussed is, is the whole issue of uh, carbon market and, and uh, what, they, what is called the, the Paris Rules Book, which is in fact uh, the set of regulation or rule or framework that, that have to be used to implement the, the Paris Agreement. And, then, and in the, 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 the Paris Agreement, uh, <clears throat> there is something also that is called the ratchet mechanism that asks the, the countries to, to revise their, their uh, nationally determined uh, contribution every five years. And we are now five years uh, after the, the Paris Agreement. And this is where we expect to have the, the countries raising their ambition in terms of climate goals, in terms of uh, mitigation and adaptation. But this is another uh, topic. So we have the carbon markets and, 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 and the rule book for the, the Paris Agreement. We have the climate ambition. So as it is now, uh, we are not going to fulfill the 1.5 degree target. So we need to increase our ambition. And, and related to that is the whole issue of climate finance, of course. And the, the developed countries have promised to the world that they will deliver uh, 100 billion a year uh, in, in climate finance. And this was in 2009. And, and, and as of today, we are still missing uh, something like 20 billion. I think in 2020, it was 80 billion that, that were mobilized already. So we are still missing. So there is still this whole issue of climate finance, that, that is a bit of a sore point in, in, in the discussion. Uh, and, and, and then uh, two other very important issues, but that are prob probably going to be very difficult also, is the whole issue of uh, loss and damage. And uh, we have seen in the last few months uh, with, with the various uh, uh, catastrophic events, uh, mega fire, flooding in Europe and other places, uh, landslide, everything and sort of that climate change is already upon us and, and generates a, a huge amount of damage. And, and the question is, who is to pay for this damage? And then of course, uh, developed countries say, or don't say, but say that everybody is on its own. I mean, sort of if, if something happened in the US, the US is paying for it. If something happened in India, India is paying for it. But the developed countries say that well, that's not fair because some countries are more responsible historically than, than others in terms of this climate change. And, and so and that will put us to the last point that is also very important is the whole issue of uh, equity, climate justice. Uh, and let, let's start by, by, by understanding the ton of CO2 emitted by uh, uh, an indigenous people uh, in the Pacific Island or a ton of CO2 uh, emitted by uh, a stockbroker uh, in New York is still a ton of CO2. 
So in, in terms of climate change, they have the same impact. On the other side, I mean, I thought uh, the indigenous people in Pacific Island are emitting much, much less CO2 on a, a capita basis uh, than someone uh, in the US or in Europe. So, and they are not the same standard of living and they are not the same uh, impact on, on climate change. So, so the question is, what is the fair share of things that, that should be done by globally the, the developed country and the global south or what is called in the negotiation the developing country? And that's a bit of a sore point because some countries like China and India, although they are big emitters, they say, and, 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 and they are right in a sense, they have not a, this historical background in terms of carbon emission. And as a result, they do not see why they should, quote unquote, pay the same share that uh, country that have been emit, uh, emitting for long, longer time and large amount like uh, the USA or, or, or the European Union. And then ultimately, I think that's the main point, and I don't know if it's going to be a discussion, it's, it's the whole issue of how serious we are. Everybody recognizes that natural-based solutions are very important. Planting trees or growing trees is very important, but it's not going to solve the whole climate problem unless we solve the fossil fuel consumption issue. And here you, you can make a, a quick comparison. The developed world has promised uh, 100 billion per year money to fight against climate change. At the same time, the same developed world is subsidizing the fossil fuel industry at the rate of $1 million per minute, which is about the $100 billion that is reach about in a week. So we spend in a week as much money in subsidizing fossil fuel that we are supposed to spend in a year in terms of fighting climate change. So unless we, we, we change and, and we put these priorities in, in, in the right order, so meaning we should spend more money to fight against climate change and help uh, developing countries and support whoever wants to, rather than uh, subsidizing fossil fuel. I mean, we may talk a lot at the COP, but, but ultimately end up with very little on the ground. Well, these are the, the sort of the five, I think, important topics. And there are many others that will probably be discussed, but these are critical, I think, and, and these are topics that will be very difficult to get probably an agreement for. Thank you, Robert. Seems like there are a lot of homework and there will be heated discussion to set the priorities straight. So on to our next question. What can C4 ECRAF bring to the table then to contribute to solving some of these problems? First, we, what we bring, and then given our mandate, which is uh, research and uh, policy research uh, influ uh, influence. And given our importance in the debate, I mean, it's sort of, we are not a party, we are an observer, we, we are a relatively small organization if you compare to, to the huge country or the, the continent. But we bring a lot of evidence, data, we bring a lot of analysis in terms of who is emitting and, and what, what is the, the, the justice. I mean, how can we involve, how can we be more inclusive and, and, and involve uh, uh, all the stakeholders? I mean, and uh, when I say that, it goes from the indigenous people to, to the, the, the industrial sector. Because if we don't manage to involve everybody, quote unquote, the good and the bad or the ugly, I mean, we are not going to sort out our problem and, and manage to reach a, a solution that is agreeable for all. And 
people need evidence to take decisions, and otherwise decisions are taken on, on a whim or on political agenda or on a short-term uh, interest. If we succeed in, in keeping the uh, the global warming in this uh, 1.52 degree, I mean, everybody will win. Uh, the, the question is, uh, how do you pass the, the, the vested interest? How do you, how do you remove the, uh, the, in, the incentive? And, and that is all things that, that we are working in terms of doing research at, at various uh, scale, at the local scale, at, at the regional scale, and at the global scale. And, and developing tools, uh, developing monitoring tools, uh, developing assessment tools, contributing to the assessment of the New York Declaration on Forest and, and, and so on. We are providing some actionable solution to the people based on uh, uh, data, based on empirical evidence, and based on the best knowledge possible. So this is our main contribution. And, 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 and I think that if people are willing to, to use and to consider what we are telling them what we are producing, what we are showing, then that may help in, in the negotiation because it's much more difficult to refute hard facts and data than, than to argue with people based on dogmatism and, uh, and, and perceptions. Thank you, Robert. I guess this is the end of our discussion to set the scene. We wish you a fruitful summit in Glasgow. And also to our audience, thank you for tuning in. See you on the other episodes and take care, everyone. Bye bye.